We welcome you to the Truth Simply Put, our broadcast and teaching series at the Basilea Commission. You're about to receive God's unadulterated word, brought to you by Pastor Alexander Victor. Challenging, uplifting, and provoking you to new dimensions in your kingdom walk. And now, today's message. I mean, I'll just pick up from um, the synopses. I think one of the biggest epidemics in the body of Christ is the error of making a believer feel like their eternal life is dependent on what they do. It's one of the biggest errors. The biggest enemy of the gospel of grace is works. Biggest enemy. So you feel like if you worship and you are laughing like now, you are not in the presence of God. To be holy means you can laugh outside, but you can't laugh in church. To be righteous means that you can wear your trousers to anywhere else. The world can see you in trousers, but the church is too holy. Can't see you in trousers. And just in church, sir. You can keep your hair open, go to the bank. <laughs> Unbelievers see you with your hair open outside. It's not a problem. It's believers in church that cannot see you with your hair open. The same believers can see you with your hair open outside. And it's okay. But in church, and by church, not the people who you own, it's the building. That's when it's an issue. And so you talk a particular way outside and then when you come in here, you talk a particular way. You can't say, how you doing? Who was it that said the first time he heard me call somebody dude? It was like, hey. Pastor. Say, hey, dude, what's up? How you doing? You're okay? Because you want me to hear my son. Bless you. Bless you. How you doing? Bless you. Some of you, I want to shake you or hug you. Now come and bow for me. When you finish burying, <laughs> shake me, Joe. <laughs> I, listen, I hate religion. I, I told James one day we were talking, I said, listen, I came here to raise a kingdom culture people. That means I'm supposed to be raising the people who are changing, like Fred said. Not a people who are trying to change me. Because you will fail. Keep trying. Just so you know, I will not change. I will leave this church for you. I will go another place and start again. I will not change. You can say amen. I won't. I won't. I will leave it. Because you see, grace is not upon a location, it is upon a man. And anywhere the man goes and deploys grace, grace will respond. I hate religion. I hate status quo. If everybody is doing something, I'm, I'm afraid. It, it cannot be the will of God. If it's popular, it can't be the will of God, I'm concerned. Because Jesus says, 
Broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many there be that travel on it. It says narrow and straight. And by straight it doesn't mean straight. It means treacherous. S-T-A-I-R-T. And by that it means treacherous is the way that leads to life. And it says few there be that find it. And therefore I add fewer there be that travel on it. So the path of life is not popular. So when I see everybody doing something, I'm concerned. By the time you say everybody in this church should wear a suit, I'm concerned. In this church we dress corporate. Corporate by whose standard? Corporate by who? The colonial master's standard? So they came and said you should wear a suit, you wear a suit. When they were wearing skirts, you wore skirts. When they were wearing shorts, you wore shorts. When they were riding bicycles, you wore... What is your identity? Dress corporate. Corporate fight by who? Oh, by corporate we mean shirt and, and tie. Is it a bank? Is it a bank? So I'm, I'm, I'm a non-conformist. I'm on stage. I'm teaching. Some of you have traveled with me before. I've done it. I, I come to teach or preach. Somebody comes to stand on my left. I, one day I say, but I, could, I say, sir, excuse me, sir, what are you doing here? I asked him in the service what are you doing doing here he was shocked because for the first time he had to ask himself wait what are you doing here protocol protocolizing what for who so if somebody is about to beat me it's you that will stop them you Please, sir. Sit. He's looking at me. He's looking at, I'm sure he's looking at what was his, his HOD or something. I said, so man, I told the host pastor, I said, man of God, please, I'm uncomfortable. I feel like it's these two people that actually want to beat me. Because <laughs> they are closer to me than, than everybody else. <laughs> so pastor told them to shift. I don't like conforming. And then if you're doing something and then you see everybody doing it, then you go and do it. So I, I am not a conformist. Because you see, the gospel is not as complicated as you have made it. It is so simple. And I will keep the assignment for broadcast as the truth simply put. I will hammer it, hammer it, hammer it until you get it. It's not so difficult. It's not. Nothing is stifling the gospel of grace like works. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing is dealing with it like works. And it is works that makes you feel that, well, I am saved though, but. So wait, God saves you, but he cannot keep you. I don't want to be saved. I didn't have the power to save myself. God did not trust me enough to allow me save myself. And now I am saved. God expects me to keep myself. That's a bad deal. That's a bad deal. And scripture does not say anything that alludes to that. 
What God give you, he give you once. What he give you is eternal. Oh, let me rephrase. Who he give you, he give you once. And who he gave you is eternal. 1 John 5.20. That's where we left off last week. For as the Father loves the Son and shows him all things that he himself does. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all things that he himself does. And he will show him greater works than this that you may marvel. That is a beautiful scripture, but I wanted 1 John 5.20. And we know (laughs) that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we may know him who is true and we are in him who is true and in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. I'm not sure if I have the time to... I said I was chatting last week, right? I wasn't teaching. Maybe someday I will teach this again. I'm not sure if I have the time to do it. But I'm one time, a few weeks ago in the office, I was here studying. And the Lord began to mess me up as he always does on some things. And if you're around me and God is dealing with me about it, you have to be church or I will preach to you. Yeah, if you if you just be there around me, you know. Once you're around me and something's happening, you will sit down. Say you're around me. Yeah. So I was in the office and I was studying and the Lord was messing me. I called everybody that was around. James, Wisdom, was David there? Yeah? And there's a lady, an Esther. I said, everybody, shut down, come to the office. God is speaking. That's how I am. I preached to you. And I was studying First Thessalonians chapter 4. And um, you know where Paul, that's the scripture that God actually showed me when my sister died a few years ago. And Paul talks about how concerning those who sleep. Yeah? I will not have you ignorant. I put it put up put up verse twelve. Let's let's start from there. This Holy Spirit will help me to drop some things tonight and where I stop. Um, go on to verse thirteen. I'm trying to find exactly where I should go from. Um, yes, thirteen. But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. Sleep there. <coughs> Refers to death. Okay? Death. The word there is koimomenon, which means to die or to sleep the sleep of death. The word sleep. Concerning those who are falling asleep, lest you sorrow as others who do not have a hope who have no hope. Keep going. Let's, get, let's keep going. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. Again, death, right? Those who died in Christ, right? And that's the word koimomenon or koima. From, for this we say to you by the word of the Lord that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep, dead. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ, those who are asleep, right, will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. So again, it's good news. Right? Keep going. Therefore, it's beautiful. Someone dies in the Lord, you know that. Oh my God. They just went ahead of us. 
They just went ahead of us. And that they went ahead of us is an assurance for us because all we need to know is that they believed. Not that they performed. So some of you will be very shocked when this trumpet lands. Hey, you see people that you want is a different hell to be created for. You will see that you get there and they have been worshipping God long before you arrived. You'll be so upset. Abata in heaven. How? Anime. If you are old, if you are old enough to remember. In heaven. How? I don't know. I'm just saying. I have not gone there yet. Do you understand? If you want to change church now because your pastor is not powerful enough to have gone to heaven once or twice, this is a good time for you to change church. Because I've not gone to heaven and I'm not going until I'm going. So if you are waiting for me to wake up one day and say, brethren, I was in a vision. I saw heaven. It's not happening. If you hear that happening, I'm dying. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. The pastor is not powerful. He's not seen heaven. I don't want to see until it's time for us to go there. Do you understand what I'm saying? The heaven I am in is enough for me. The heaven that is in me is enough for me. I don't, by the time I see streets of gold, I know I'm hungry. I'm, feed me. Give me some chicken. Something. That's, I'm seeing mirage. I'm seeing men as trees. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? He went to heaven three times. Go again, you by chance you'll not come back. <laughs> Keep going. You're going to heaven anyhow. You're a human being. <laughs> traveling, traveling to heaven. <laughs> because these guys, you the only game changer is the fact that somebody dared to believe. That is how that guy on the cross made it into eternity. He deserved to die. He knew he deserved to die. Because when the other guy was running his mouth, this guy said, my friend, you and I are being punished for what we did wrong. Remember? But this guy is innocent or whatever has been laid on him for which he's dying. Then he turns to him and says, you know, remember me, man. When you come into your kingdom. That's all. In remembering, he believed. Because in saying, remembering me when you come into your kingdom, he finally admitted what the Jews were always fighting, that he is indeed king. Yeah. <sighs> Do you understand? At the point he said, because you, you cannot ask somebody to remember you in his kingdom if you don't acknowledge his kingship. Yeah. Basilea. So in the guy saying, remembering me in your kingdom, he said, I acknowledge that that sign on your head, king of the Jews, is, is, is true. So when you check in, check me in. And Jesus said, today, you will be with me. He walked all the work in one sentence. I believe. Paraphrased. 
In saying, remember me in your kingdom, in acknowledging the kingship of Christ, in saying, I believe, the guy got baptized, the guy got filled with the Holy Ghost, the guy did, uh, what do you call it, uh, foundational class, workers training, Bible school, confirmation, Eucharist, Holy Communion, deliverance, burning of all the bad, bad magazines and all the bad, bad records like Fred, he burnt, even he got born again, he burnt every book, every CD, oh, I'm so sorry for you. (laughs) He burnt everything, I know how we make those burning a very big deal. We celebrate it, we'll be jubilating, we'll burn everything. In that sentence, I believed. Every work that could be accrued to someone for righteousness, he did it. If he got in that way, God now tells those of us that are here, you have to walk your own or then I'm better off dead. It means as soon as I say I repent, God should just kill me and take me. Because it will be unfair of God to save me, keep me in the earth and then expect me to perform to acquire what I should have gotten by believing. Are you following me? Because if the guy said, because if Jesus had the power to tell the guy, hey, off the cross, boom, the guy's down. Do you understand? The guy just disappeared from the cross and appeared in his village. I'm, I'm serious. Philip, Philip was doing it now. Philip was doing it. Jesus himself, when he resurrected, was doing it. He didn't need those when he rose. Appears in the midst of them, disappears. Appears on the road to Emmaus, disappears. For 40 days, he mesmerized them with unapologetic supernatural because now he was glorified. He wasn't hiding who he was anymore. So Jesus had the power because he told them, he said, I can call my father and he can send legions of angels. He had the power too. He had the power to tell the guy, you have repented. Okay, please. Father, I thank you because you hear me always. Drop him from the cross. Let him walk the walks of you that sent him. But instantly, the guy got credited with righteousness. Because it's not what you get because of what you do. It's what you get because you believed. Are we together? So you see that in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And then you go into 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And the narrative gets very juicy. This is what I was sharing with the guys in the, in that, that morning in the office. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 was 1. You, oh, you'll find this very, very interesting. But concerning the times and seasons, still referring to those what you call end times. Brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. Keep going. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord comes as a thief in the night. You know how they used to scare us with this thing? Yeah. If you have heard this thing, yeah? Oh my brothers, Jesus is coming soon. Oh my sisters, Jesus is coming soon. He died, he died. So we might go to too, too late, too, too late, too, too. Oh, it might be too late. Remember that? Yeah. Those days when you hear you, you hear this word, revival. You can, you can wee in your pants. Because revival means they are bringing evangelists. An evangelist's job is to remind you how you have strayed from your first love. And you, are, you are on the path to destruction. You now call altar calls. Some of you here did altar call 25 times. Yes. My hand is up. 30 times. 
You kept coming to the Lord. You kept coming to the Lord. And then when the evangelist has now realized that this church is developing thick skin, because when they call altar call, you don't come again. Because by this time you are deacon. You are head of department. You are worship leader. You are still doubting your salvation. So every time evangelist preaches, you are not sure. But by now, you, you have people you are mentoring in church. You have disciples. You have people you have invited to church. And they've already seen you do altar call three, four, five times. You're wondering, what testimony am I giving to these people? So you stop answering altar call not because you are convinced, but because you are ashamed. An evangelist quickly clocks it that you have understood that you, that altar call thing is not scaring you anymore. Now, say, perhaps you are here, you are born again. But you find your fire is not burning like it should. Perhaps you need to read that. Father, have mercy on your church. Because one of the biggest insults to the cross is to ask somebody to rededicate his life. How can you rededicate the life of Christ? So the life of Christ needs renewal. So God gave you life, but the life is no longer sharp. Christ is your fire, and that fire is no longer burning. Christ is your light, and that light is no longer shining. So it's a man that the onus falls on to tell you to rededicate Christ. The church is so messed up, it's unreal. So forgive me if I'm taking my time to teach these fundamentals. Forgive me. Forgive me. What are you, what are you rededicating? So you have to now receive Christ as if he is depleting in value. In quantity, you have to top up. And you see evangelists measuring how powerful they are by how quickly they can make you cry. And you whip up earthly sensual remorse in people that leads to no spiritual conviction. That's why we are so messed up. Let me tell you the truth. Many times your own pastor felt like he should answer that altar call. The only thing restraining him was because he's your pastor. He's not sure. He's not sure. You can't give what you don't have. 1 Thessalonians 5. Let's go back. You see how this thing is good news. This thing is not to scare you. It's good news. Go back to verse 2. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord comes as a thief. In the night, keep going. For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman and they shall not escape. They, keep going. But you, they shall not escape. But you, tell your brethren, but you. Adelphos, brethren, brother. That's the Greek word, brethren. Adelphos, brethren. Yeah, brotherly. Yeah, joined by the same blood. Delphos says, but you brethren are not in darkness so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You have not seen it before. 
brother but you brethren are not in darkness that this day should overtake you as a thief is going to mess you up go to verse 5 go to verse 5 you are all sons of light and sons of the day please wait for me try and hold it together let me finish we are not of the night nor of the darkness go to verse 6 therefore let us not sleep as others do stay here in verse 6 but let us watch and be sober the sleep here is not the one for dying in first thessalonians chapter 4 the word in first thessalonians 4 for sleep as in death is the word koimomenon which means to sleep the sleep of death the sleep here in first thessalonians 5 is the word kathiudo which means lethargy which means to to, to lax as though you are so full and you are chilling it's lethargy cathedral. so don't let English confuse you so in, in this point is not talking about sleep as in dying but sleep as in chilling lethargy different word when you go google it is the Greek in the, in the strongs I think cathedral is two two five one two five one eight Greeks two five one eight in the strongs Greek lexicon go and check it so you understand that what we're telling you is not it's not a joke go and check the language it's not saying the same thing first Thessalonians 4 concerning those who sleep those who die yeah koima koima medon yeah and then here which means to just chill, be lethargic, complacent even. Therefore, let us not sleep because we are sons of light. So this night, this day cannot take us on our ways. It cannot. We don't know the day, but it cannot take us on our ways. Otherwise, it cannot be said to be a word of comfort. But let us watch and be sober. Keep going. For those who sleep, who are chilling, who are complacent, sleep at night. And those who get drunk, drunk, get drunk at night. But we are not sons of the night. Keep going. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love. And as a helmet, the hope of salvation. Keep going. For God did not appoint us to wrath. I'm a son of light. I'm a son of God. I am not appointed to wrath. Judgment on the last day. My case is settled. If you don't believe that, then you are in bondage, sir. Scripture is clear. I've told you over and over, don't confuse judgment for works with judgment for salvation. Don't confuse it. Don't. God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain soteria. Through our Lord, Jesus Christ. Oh, see verse 10. Labrado Tilaba, who died for us. that whether we wake or whether we sleep and this sleep is not death 
is Calfildo, even in your complacency, we should live together with him. If that is not eternal life assurance beyond probability, I do not know what is. He died for us. Malik Raba, that whether we are awake and looking for the day or, or whether you are even chilling the end of it is that he reconciles all things to himself we should live together see verse 11 that's why it is comfort if it was scaring you, it cannot be said to be comfort. Go back to verse 4. Go back to verse 4. But you brethren are not in darkness so that this day to overtake you as a thief. Go back to verse 3. For when they say, oh, verse 2, verse 2, verse 2, maybe verse 2. Let's start from verse 2. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord shall come as a thief in the night. Brethren! The Bible says. That's how they've always preached it. Ah, well, go back to verse 9. God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us so that. Go, follow me. Who, Lord Jesus Christ, verse 10. Who died for us that. In other words, the purpose of Christ dying for us is such that our eternity in him is not a consequence of what we do. Whether you are woke or you are not woke, Christ died for you and you believe. We should live together with him. It's not something you are going to attain by good behavior. It's something you already have. Not everybody who came first in your class in, in primary school, Holy Spirit, I don't. When I was in primary school, I don't know if you still do it now. Um, there's after winning first position in third term promotion exam, there will be first overall for the whole year. And then there's the most punctual student. And that most punctual student was probably 43rd in the exam. This most well-behaved student and that most well-behaved student is not necessarily the one that came first in the class. Then there's best mathematics. And that best mathematics is not probably even the person that came first. So there are different rewards but we all were promoted to primary two. We all were promoted to primary two. But somebody got best math, somebody got best English, somebody got most um, neat student, somebody got most on time student, somebody got most well behaved student, but we all have entered primary two. So when you stand before God, some people are going to collect best mass. 
best English or nothing. But you stand before God. You're not standing before God to say, uh, so you see that, depart from me, all you workers of iniquity. It does not apply to you. It applies to goats. Those who never believed. God can never tell a son in his image, I know you're not. Can't. God cannot disown his image. So whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. If somebody starts to misbehave because you know you are secure, you, you don't believe. Because if you believe, you walk as a son of light. Yes, yes. But you see, we, we now feel like, oh, if we tell you this, you will misbehave. It's not the words of a man that can make a human being behave or misbehave. It's not. It's not what I tell you that will make you misbehave. If you, if you are ready to sin, if your heart was set on sin, it doesn't matter if it's a combination of Rehadbonke, Bilea Kani, Kumuyi, and, 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 and Ben, what's the other one called? The, the Kolenda that took over from, 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 from him, plus the one that is dead now, um, what's the guy from, from Madison Square Garden? Um, Tom, Tom, Tom Wickelson, right? Yeah? Uh, that they all come together to you, Wilkerson rather, come together, the most pious people on the earth can preach to you, plus including Jimmy Swaggart and Billy Graham, cannot to the altar call, you will still sing. It's not you. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, it's not you. It's not you. on you. But if you encounter God and see Christ, even if we bring the most evil people on earth, mind benders, mystics, pantheists, free thinkers, new ageists, scientologists, ex- Echists, the Kanka people are called Echists, Mormons, Jehovah's Weaknesses. Gather all of them together in a room. Put me inside. I am not going to break a sweat. I am not going to break a sweat. And I don't have to argue with you. I will just be feeling sorry for you. Because I know who and whose I am. Who I am is not measured by my success in convincing you to change your mind. No, 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 no. No, no, sir. No. So I don't I don't have time to waste. Paul planteth, Apollos watereth, and God gives increase. I lay the seed of the word. I tell you intellectually by the spirit of God, you accept it. Praise God. Heaven just gained a brother. You don't accept it, me ain't got nothing on me. So if the most righteous people can preach to you and you do not believe them, as terrible as the law was, the soul that sin it, it shall die. They still broke it. You still broke it. Don't marry Canaanite wives. They still broke it. They still married. 
gather enough manna for one day. On the sixth day, gather for the sixth and the seventh. Don't take any extra. They still broke it. They married Edomites. They married Moabites. They built a golden calf. Are you joking? The more the law was championed, the more they broke it. Jesus told them, I don't blame you for not believing me because Moses spoke to you and you didn't hear. Meanwhile, Moses spoke of me. So on that day, guess who will accuse you? Not me, Moses. The same Moses you didn't believe will accuse you. So somebody who is bent on breaking the law will break it. And somebody who knows who he is, knows who he is. And I don't know about you, but man, if I know that I am in eternity and my, my security is guaranteed, there's a way I will carry myself. And not an anyhow somebody. I'm a son of light. And there's no darkness in me. So I walk in that day already because it cannot take me unawares. I, I actually look forward to that day. You see, because the real believer will not see that day coming. They will just see themselves in the day. <laughs> oh my God. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm trying to take it easy. I'm just chatting you know. I'm starting. I'm taking, I'm taking it elementary so everybody at any level can understand. Do you understand what I'm saying? I said I'm taking it what? Elementary. Elementary. Kinder, this is kindergarten. What I'm teaching you now is kindergarten. You will not see the day coming. You will just realize that I am in the day of the Lord. The day has changed. The, the environment has changed. The kingdom is different. I, my body is glorified. What happened? Uh, all of a sudden, corruptible took on incorruptible. You, 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 not, you, just, you just realize you're in it. You just see it. So you look forward to it. It's not like you need to be doing anything differently to enter it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you understand? You will just see that you have happened into it. It's not something to be afraid of. It's not. I can't be afraid of dying. Dead men don't die. We're dead. And the life that we now have cannot be killed. Cannot. Exit me in the body. Paul said, absent from the body is present with the Lord. So whether we live, we live to the Lord. If we die, we die to the Lord. In death or in life, we live to the Lord. Let me finish this. Please let me try. (laughs) John 6, 26 to 27. Is anybody catching this? Jesus answered them and said, now go back to the question for context. I know I'm trying to be, yeah, trying to keep to time. 
And when they found him, on the, you see why we need to have word and life for a whole day? Because what I'm teaching you now in one hour, I can teach you for ten. I can teach you the same thing for, one, for ten hours, straight. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them and said, Most assuredly I say to you, you seek me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. John 5, feeding of 5,000. Keep going. Don't labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set his seal on him. Verse 32, and we'll go to verse 40. I mean, if you want to understand eternal life, actually, just read all of John 6. Then Jesus said to him, most assuredly, I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven. <laughs> the manna that fell from heaven was not the bread from heaven. Yes. Uh, they call it the bread from heaven, but you, it appeared to be the bread from heaven, but it was not the bread of heaven. Because he is the bread of heaven. Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. Keep going. For the bread of God is he not eat. The bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. The bread is he. Someone said the bread is he. Keep going. I'm going to verse 40. Then he said to him, they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread now. So you see what I told you last week, that Jesus did not come to give us a substance that is apart from him. He is the substance he came to give you. It's not I am Jesus, you have me. Now that you have me, take life. Now that you have me, take healing. Now that you have me, take um, prosperity. Now that you have me, take faith. Now that you have me, take deliverance. Now that you have me, take righteousness. Now that you have me, walk out and become justified. Now that you have me, you have, now you can take, I, I see, have you accepted me? Have you accepted me? Have you accepted me? Yes, you have. Now let's do you deliverance. Have you accepted me? Have you accepted me? Now bring a redemption offering. Have you accepted me? Have you accepted me? Bring a first fruit seed. Let's redeem your first fruit. No substance God gives is apart from himself. No substance God gives is apart from himself. God is the only substance he gives. And he's personified in the son. So he who has the son has life. So his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. And who is the power of God? The power of the word and the believer. Who is the power of God? Talk to me. Who is the power of God? So who has given us all things we need? His divine power. Who is the divine power of God? Christ. So once you receive him, you receive everything that he is capable of. Once you receive him, you receive life. You receive him, you receive health. You receive him, you receive strength. Do we understand? So, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall not hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. Keep going. But I said to, oh, go back to verse 35. Holy Spirit, I don't want, I don't want to rush this. Oh, man. He who comes to me shall, shall 
never hunger. So can somebody say never? never. Say never. never. And he who believes in me shall. So you don't need revival. It's a revival meeting. Reviving what? He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. God never promised you he will give you water more than once. The water is one off. You drink it once, it continues to spring. You never thirst. Doesn't need top up. It's not a recharge card. God, there's no way you see where Jesus promises he will keep giving you water. He told the woman in John 4, two chapters earlier, the water that I have given you, if you know who is talking to you, you ask me to give you water and once you drink it, you will never draw from this well again. Not referring to Jacob's well. Holy Spirit, help me to teach your word to your people in a way they can understand. Because you see, they were by a well, Jacob's well. And so when she came to draw water, Jesus, she said she wanted water. He said he wanted water. And she was like, you have nothing to draw this thing. She said, no, if you know who was talking to you, you would ask him to give you water and you would never need to draw from this well again. This well again was not referring to Jacob's well because there's no way a human being will not need to draw water to drink. So he was not saying if you drink this water you will not come to Jacob's well again. He said if you drink this water you will never be in this position where you are without it and therefore in need of it. It couldn't have been Jacob's well because she would have to come there to draw water to drink. In the natural sense. So when Jesus says in John 4, he that drinks this water shall never thirst. You will not, if you knew, you would ask him to give you water. And, and then she replied, she said, ah, is that the case? Then give me this water because man is a Herculean task having to come here every day to draw the water. Go and read the narrative. So it means I can just drink this water. And once I drink this water, I will never thirst again. She took it literal. So, but it wasn't literal. It was not Jacob's well in the natural sense. It was this place of depravity. This place where you keep needing to be filled. This place where you keep coming back and it's never ever enough. This place where you keep slaving and you keep working because if you don't walk you will not drink. This Jacob's well that you have to keep coming back to. The same way that Jacob met God somewhere and left and made a vow and had to come back there. And then Bethel became El, Bethel, house of God until when he journeyed and when he found grace, he came back and then called the place God of the house of God. You will not need to come to where Jacob was. You will no longer need to walk the walks Jacob walked. Because once you drink this water, you will never thirst again. Never. God never promised to give you water more than once. He never promised to feed you bread more than once. He said you eat this bread is eternal. 36. 
But I said to you that you have seen me and yet. What's the issue? Do not believe. Even now some people. Do not believe. All that the father gives me will come to me. And the one who comes to me. I do not have the ability to cast out. Not the one who does good for me. Not the one who performs for me. The one who comes to me. I will by no means cast out. Let's see how the message puts this verse 37. Holy Spirit, give me a landing place. I'm trying to close this. I'm nowhere done. Just give me somewhere to drop this and, and, and land. Do you have the message today? You don't have it. Give me NLT or whatever else you have. Give me a place to end this. However, those the Father has given me will come to me and I will never reject them. Go back to New King James. I talked about mobile phones being switched off. Don't let the devil use you. Verse 37, 38 in the New King James. 38. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Note what that will is, 39. This is the will of the Father who sent me, that of all he has given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up on the last day. 40. This is the will of him who sent me. That everyone who sees the son and believes in him may have everlasting life. And I will raise him up on the last day. The will of God is not for you to perform for salvation. The will of God is for you to see Christ and believe him. So, oh, my, my pastor, I don't know how to walk in the will of God. I don't know what the will of God is. The will of God is hard. Oh. See the son. Believe the son. Tell your neighbor, see the son. Believe the son. That's the will of God. You want to get married. In the marriage, see the son. Believe the son. That marriage is the will of God. If in the marriage you can see the son, believe the son. You want to write an exam, you're not sure. See the son, believe the son. Is it your will to heal me? See the son. The son of righteousness arises with healing in his wings. If you see the son, believe the son. That's the will of God for you to be healed. Oh, you're struggling with financial difficulty. See the son, believe the son. He may have everlasting life and I will raise him up on the last day. So what gives you everlasting life? Seeing the son. Believing the son. When you see the son, you will walk in the son. When you see the son, you will act in the son. When you see the son, you will give in the son. When you see the son, you will walk worthy of the son. When you see the son, you will think 
whatever things are true, Philippians 4, 8, whatever things are noble, whatever things are righteous, if there be any praise, if there be any, if there be any virtue, think on these things. You, you, if you see the sun, you will lay aside every superfluity of nothingness and the sin that easily besets you and you will run with grace the race that is set before you. All of those you will do when you see the sun, but you're not getting eternal life because of those things. God is not measuring what he gave you based on those things. When you see the sun, you will love your neighbor as yourself. When you see the sun, you will, you will not forsake the coming together of the saints. When you see the sun, you will respect those that labor over you in the preaching and teaching of the word. When you see the sun, you will respect one another. You place the other person more highly than yourself. You think of the other person more highly than yourself. But these are not prerequisites for eternal life. You already have it. Because you saw Christ and because you believed. John chapter 10, verse 28. Actually, we're still in this. Amen. Holy Spirit. Can I go a few more minutes? Just a few more minutes. 47. Go, go skip to verse 47 of this same chapter. I'll just finish John 6 and I'll stop. I can't, I can't finish it. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, Old King James says, verily, verily, most assuredly, listen, what Jesus was saying is, I swear to you. Do you understand? That's the equivalent. Verily, verily, I, I, most assuredly, Beyond any equivocation, beyond what can be doubted or reversed, I, I, I promise, I swear, if you believe me. So ask your neighbor, do you believe? You see, that's why it's important to hear the gospel. Because for to believe, you must first hear. If you believe, you have it everlasting life. Not if you believe and do. If you, and some of these guys try to discredit the writings of Paul. Some go as far as calling Paul a heretic. I know Pentecostal pastors who suspect Paul. Yes, I know what I'm saying. They believe that Paul, no, 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 it's Jesus. It's Jesus. Eh. Who is Jesus here? No, Paul. Yes, this is what Jesus said. So can you leave Paul out of this and believe Jesus said. So you see that it's actually not Paul that is offering eternal salvation. <laughs> it is who? Christ. Alas. Go on. We're going to verse 51. I am the bread of life. Keep going. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the manna which comes, the bread which comes down from heaven, that one may eat of it and not die. 51. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats this bread, can somebody say anyone? anyone. Eats, this, eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. Skip to 54 and then we'll go to 58. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has what kind of life? 
Anionios is the is the word for eternal in the Greek, and it means of of a substance and quality that is constant. Did not start, cannot be measured, cannot end. So that's what that's the word for me to get eon for dispensation or for age. Yeah, I, I, Anionios. A i o n i o s. That's eternal. Of a substance and quality that is immeasurable. Did not start. Cannot be measured. Does not end. So when the, the revelation says. He, he introduces himself as. Alpha and Omega. The and was inserted. In the Greek there is no and. It's Alpha Omega. He is as the end as he is the beginning. He is as the beginning as he is the end. He is not the measure of beginning and end. He is the one in whom beginning and end begin and end. That's what Alpha Omega means. It's not that Christ God is the beginning and God is the end. God does not end or else he cannot be called God. Think about it. How is he the end? When is endless? He can't be he can't be God if he has an end. Or if his end will come. His alpha omega means the substance by which you measure what began and what will cease, isn't him? He's not alpha and omega. He's alpha omega. So the first letter in the Greek is the is the alpha, and the last letter in the Greek is omega. Do you understand? It's not Z. In the Greek alphabet, the first letter is alpha. Omega is the last word in the Greek. So the Greeks understood that perfectly. Do you understand? Because the Greek was the original audience. It was their language. So when the Greeks heard that this guy, Theos, God, in the Greek, is Alpha Omega. Ah! For the Greek, that was a big deal. Because you mean the sum total of existence, start to finish, consists in Christ. The Greeks understood it. But because your own goes to Z, you need revelation to understand Alpha Omega. So we now added and for you. And we cheated you. Translators didn't do us justice by adding and. Whenever you see anything in italics in your Bible, suspect it. It was not there originally. Do you understand what I just said? If you're reading King James, New King James, and you see something in italics, it wasn't there before. Yeah? 1 Corinthians 12. Now concerning spiritual gifts, gifts is in italics. It was not there before. Now concerning spirituals, pneumatos, that's what the Greek says. That was for free. Let's, 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 let's finish this. John, yeah, go on. For my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink. Indeed, go on. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. 57. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so he who feeds on me will live because of me. Go on to 58. This is the bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers ate the manna and are dead. Look at that last emphatic statement. He who eats this bread. You cannot eat this bread, get life and lose it because you didn't eat again. You eat it once. So the only choice you have in this matter is to believe or not believe. 
But the moment you believed, game over. You are in the eternal. The moment you believe you are in the eternal. Oh, let me end with this. You see what I've just taught you now? What I've just chatted you now? Because trust me, I have not taught it. I've not taught this. What I've just taught you now, and Holy Spirit, help your people to hear this as I speak prophetically for these few seconds. What I've just taught you now is what, because the church has refused to hear, believe, and preach, mystics offer to you as an escape route into the supernatural. If you read the books of Ekanka, study Freemason writings, study New Ageism writings, they understand that there is a longing in the natural man beyond the physical and beyond what obtains. They know there's a metaphysical realm. They can't explain what it is. And they know that there's a longing in man to want to explore beyond what he's naturally disposed to. And since you have refused to believe you are celestial, they offer you an alternative. If the church preached the true state of sons, Ekanka and Freemason will have no subscribers. New Ageism, Mormons and Scientologists and Jehovah's Witnesses will have no members. Because they are offering something that is a warped alteration of what our reality actually is. Listen, as a son of God, you can travel without plane ticket if you want to. So you sit down, you'll be laughing at the witches that fly in the night. You don't realize it's your power that they stole. So you believe that witches can fly, but you do not believe that a son of God can operate in the supernatural. Something is wrong with you. What's wrong with you? You don't believe that we can enter the airport and appear in Australia and do what God has called us to do and finish and come back. Let the Lord tarry you. See what we will do. Because like I said, you will just be walking and realize you are in the day of the Lord. It's not a date. (laughs) Do you understand what I'm saying? It is not a date. You will just walk and realize you are in the day of the Lord. Like Enoch that walked with God and was not. For the Lord took him. You just realize you are in the day of the Lord. Gravity can't hold you. Aerodynamics can't hold you. The law of thermal physics can't hold you. All of a sudden you are invincible. Because you are now in the day of the Lord. So they can fly you, you can't. A prophet can look and close his eyes and see your phone number and you cannot get discernment about a brother that is telling you he wants to marry you. Oh, I, I didn't know. I didn't know you are a son of God. Do you know who you are? So if we don't teach your sonship properly, you are still susceptible to the fallacy that's out there. And boy, you will meet some people. The force within you, the almighty force that cannot be restrained, that works in peace and works in love and works in harmony with the world and oneness with nature. And because you, you like knowledge, ginosko, not epignosis, information, you gravitate towards it. Like, wow, this sounds different from what pastor has told me. Are you following me? This sounds different from what Imam has told me. This sounds like I'm on, a, I'm on a higher plane. And as high and lofty as their ideas are, they don't scratch the surface of who you are in Christ as a son. Yeah. Don't. 
They are promising you that you leave a mark upon the earth. You become one with nature. Yeah, have you heard that? You've seen those things. You become one with nature that when you finish living your natural existence, you melt into the omniverse and you blend with the atmospheres and, and you are at one with the celestials. It's a legacy that no natural feeling can give you. And you're like, whoa. Yes, that sounds good. But we tell you, you are sat with Christ in heavenly places, far above principalities and powers, and you have a problem with it. I don't want to, I don't feel like I should close. I don't. We have to close. You have a problem with it. You are a son of God. Scripture says, now are we sons of God, technon, of the same substance as God. And you are doubting it. Angels are looking at you and are wondering, Kai, oh my God. Before these people came home, we used to even, they used to even call us textile and call us sons. And then these people just came, see, they're sinning, they're messing up. They don't, they don't, they don't really hear what stiff-necked people and God is still loving them when one-third of us were thrown out of heaven for just thinking along with Lucifer. We didn't do anything. We, we just followed Lucifer to think. Because Lucifer didn't do anything. He said, for thou said in thy heart. He didn't do one thing. It's an insult for you to think that God and Michael and Lucifer fought in heaven because Lucifer tried to rebel. Nothing like that happened. Nothing like that happened. It, it was a mind thing of the whole narrative. It happened in the Matrix. <laughs> do you understand what I'm saying? It happened in the Matrix. It's not like one literal thing. No, no, it's a Matrix. Just like when God said, God didn't open his mouth and say, let there be light, as you see in the movies. It was not, you didn't hear a voice. Because the setting was Christ. Yeah. Do, you, do you understand? They just thought along with Lucifer and phew, a third of them became demons. And then you, you mess up. You sin. You get angry. You fight. And they come. This God is Satan is telling God, God, I swear to God, wait, you see their record now. Wait now. I was with them. All. I was with them this morning. When the husband and wife were fighting, I saw it. I instigated it. You wait, I'm bringing the record up. Oh, see? Screen has gone blank. No, it that's exactly what happens. God, sorry, it's network. And he slaps and 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 the screen is blank. Because all God sees when he looks at you is Christ. And it's one concept that till today Satan has not been able to wrap his head around. That's why scripture says if the princes of this world had known they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. You know why? Because if they had not crucified Jesus, there would have been only one son of God in the earth. He would have lived a very good life. He would have been 60 years old, 70 years old, 80 years old, 105, 1,000 years old, and he would have died at least 1,000 years ago. End of story. He would have died. Satan would have still been in charge. God would have now had no son because it was a gamble that God took with no chance or guarantee of success. So if Satan had understood, he would have just left the one son of God. Ah, God has made himself vulnerable. So the one son of God now became flesh. 
will now come here. He will tell everybody, don't kill him. He will tell 2,000 demons, God is household. Talk, talk, talk to me now. He wants a Camry. No, no, no. Give him Rose Russell. Yeah, he wants uh, six small plane. Give me Gulf Stream six. So, look after him. Let him live his life and enjoy it to the fullest. Don't stress him. No sickness. No brokage. No persecution. Leave this Jesus alone. Because if you touch this Jesus and you kill him, you will produce six billion other Jesuses who will never recover from this Jesus thing again. Leave Jesus alone, please. Touch anybody you want to touch. Don't lay your finger on Jesus. Because if you touch Jesus and he dies, all our prisons shall be broken open and everybody we have held bound shall be loose. If you touch this Jesus and he dies, everything that gives us right to persecute and torture these people will be taken away from us. If you touch this Jesus and he dies, God will not look at it and everything he was going to punish man, he will not punish us in the lake of fire and brimstone. So leave Jesus alone. Don't touch him. But as stupid as he is to our advantage, he saw one Jesus, got threatened by the Jesus, caught the Jesus by the predestined will of God, and killed the Jesus, and to his utter nightmare, three days later, Jesus, 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 Jesus. walking the earth in the billions until today Satan is like ah yeah, yeah. I, I, I didn't calculate that properly understand revelation if the prince of this world had known I've left Jesus alone but unfortunately for him we are sons of God so where Jesus is now I am now where Jesus will be, I will be then. It's, it's a done deal. Uh, I might continue this on Friday morning, maybe as the first dose of the morning, because I am not done with this at all. I, am not, I have not scratched the surface yet. Do you know who you are? Don't let anybody make you doubt your eternal salvation. Don't make anybody, don't do that now. Don't do that. Understand the game plan here. Understand it. God played it well. In Matthew, they were screaming in church. He's let, kill him. His blood be on us and on our children. Before then, when the priest had the meeting, they said, you know what, this guy, we should kill him all. Because it's better for one man to die for all of us than for all of us to die. When they said it, here's what they meant. They meant that this uprising, this man is disturbing the Romans. Because Jews were under Roman occupation at the time. This guy is causing too much trouble. The Romans can get offended and decide to now kill all of us because they, they would not believe that we have actually found a real king apart from Caesar. So, man, you know, because under the Roman um, era, these guys still had their privileges. They still had their taxes, their cuts from which they took for themselves and what they gave to Caesar. That's why Jesus says, give to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. If you now leave this Jesus, he will now get people and they will now actually believe that he's actually a real king. The Romans will come and they will kill all of us. So instead of all of us dying for our sin, let us sacrifice 
Jesus, let them kill him so we can live. If only they knew what they were saying. It's only because yes, all of us would have died. But they are the ones that understood substantiation. They understood propitiation without understanding that they understood it. They said, kill him him for let him die for us. Not all of us don't go fall and die. That's how they meant it. But what they meant was, all of us don't go fall and die. Because all of us fall and die. And as he rose, we rose with him. And that rosing that he rose is an eternal rosing. So as I, ro- as I rose with him, I will also rose with him. Therefore, comfort one another with those words. Hug your neighbor. Tell him it's a done deal. Hug the other person. Tell them it's a done deal. It's a done deal. It's a done deal. It's a done deal. And now you can go ahead and give him praise for 60 seconds. Just... This concludes this message. Thank you for listening, and we hope it has been a blessing to you. For inquiries and further information, please send us an email to info at the or visit our social media platforms.